What's up, Kyle? This is Adam, man, out in Austin, Texas. Uh, super crazy times, you know. I'm a chef, and a bunch of us are out of work right now, dude. It's crazy. I'm hoping to get back in the kitchen as soon as possible. Uh, just been hanging with my daughter and my wife out in the woods, man, trying to get get by the water and, you know, microdosing here and there, just enjoying this time off. Uh, but I did get to check out your beet taco recipe, dude. Uh, outstanding, man. Uh, definitely put my own twist on it. But uh, a sick recipe all in. But appreciate everything you do, brother. Um, love the podcast, and uh, you guys have a great day. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Adam, that makes me so happy that you used my beet recipe. To anyone who doesn't know, my famous beet recipe. You got to try it. All right, it's beet tacos. You slice up some beets very thinly, put a bed of onions down, and then you saute the beets. You can do whatever kind of sauce, uh, spices you want. I do salt, pepper, little uh, turmeric. And at the end, at the very end, you're going to drizzle tahini dressing on top of it. All right. Then get your favorite uh, tacos, beans, put it all together. And what's so great about this is it's a hearty veggie meal. I fucking love beets. And Adam, I listened to your voice memo earlier today, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to make some beet tacos. And I did. And uh, I did it with my housemates, and we all wore funny costumes tonight because life was getting a little too serious. So I put on um, some slippers that I'm wearing on right now that are, um, in the shape of turtles and, uh, some spandex that are brightly colored. We made ourselves some beet tacos. Thanks to you. If anyone else wants to send some voice memos in, just record it on your phone on the voice memos app. Try and keep it under a minute and email it to info at kyle.surf. I'd love to hear from you. Big shout out to Ian and Matt for donating to the podcast on Patreon this week. High five, guys. Thank you very much. I rely on listeners like you to keep this show going. If anyone else wants to support this show, you can head over to my website, kyle.surf and donate. That's also where you can check out my blog, my newsletter, my videos, all kinds of stuff is at kyle.surf. My guest today is Albie Lair. Albie is one of the best big wave surfers in the world, and he's also one of the best aerialists in the world. He's the first surfer to ever do the 540 alley-oop. And beyond that, he's also one of the most honest people I know. Um, And I was just reading a book recently called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, and uh, there's a quote in here that made me think of Albie. You ready for it? When you say no to your boss or your spouse or your mother when it needs to be said, then you transform yourself into someone who can say no when it needs to be said. If you say yes when no needs to be said, however, you transform yourself into someone who can only say yes, even when it is very clearly time to say no. If you ever wonder how perfectly ordinary, decent people could find themselves doing the terrible things the gulag camp guards did, you now have your answer. By the time no seriously needed to be said, there was no one left capable of saying it. If you betray yourself, if you say untrue things, if you act out a lie, you weaken your character. 
If you have a weak character, then adversity will mow you down when it appears, as it will inevitably. You will hide, but there will be no place left to hide, and then you'll find yourself doing terrible things. I really appreciate Albie Lair for being so damn honest on this episode. And if you appreciate that too, uh, send him a comment on Instagram, because that shit matters. This episode is brought to you by Santa Cruz Medicinals. Santa Cruz Medicinals makes potent CBD products that I use every single day and every single night. I use their CBD MCT oil that I put in my morning coffee. Um, I use their CBD tincture before I go to bed. It helps me sleep at night. Um, It helps me with inflammation if I did a big workout in the day. Um, And I just, it's just, it's subtle. You know, it's just a little feeling that kind of just relaxes you and, um, it's great. It's it's really improved my life tremendously. So if you want to try out some CBD at a discount, head over to scmedicinals.com. That's scmedicinals.com. Type in the code name Kyle10 and get 10% off any order. That's scmedicinals.com. Stay safe out there, my friends. Practice social distancing. Read lots of books. Make beet tacos. And please, welcome to the show, Albie Lair. Um, boom, voice memo, we are recording. All right, I can hear you. And here we go. Albie Lair, not in the house, coming from a rock island in the sun. How you doing, my friend? It's not very sunny right now, I'll tell you that. It has been dumping rain on us for like a week straight. How you holding up? Um, um, good. Honestly, it's very, very, very lucky to be in Maui because we haven't had to change that much because... It's like where I live is very spread out. So, I mean, I, I go a week without seeing more than a couple of my friends yeah, on a regular basis. So I was thinking about you um, right before this, and I was thinking that you're probably better prepared for this than almost anyone because the last year of your life has been sitting, like recovering from an injury, um, recovering from a head injury and contemplating your own mortality, undoubtedly. And now the rest of humanity just needs to catch up to you. I, I, was, I was trying to explain that to my girlfriend, to Nora. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is, this is nothing new for me. Like sitting around waiting, like knowing I could, should, maybe should have died at one point. I've been thinking about what matters and contemplating the, all these existential questions for the last 365. Catch up, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was actually really weird for me. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I, I was doing this brain treatment and I was getting rid of all this anxiety and like depression, depression problems right as the whole world was crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah. like a really weird moment for me. I was just like, whoa, like I'm feeling great. What the hell's <laughs> going on around me? <laughs> like you guys uh, are all where I was a month ago. So last time I saw you, you were recovering from an injury and you were uh, in flight school. 
Yep. Are you still doing that or is that taking a hiatus? Um, it's taking a hiatus for a minute. I'm, I still have every intention of finishing it. It'll probably, well, I was going to start like literally like right now. Um, and, but then this whole thing happened, but I also probably would have done some flights throughout the winter if I like didn't have a brain injury. Um, yeah. Cause you're not supposed to operate heavy equipment. <laughs> I don't think any instructor would want to get on the plane with me. Like, Oh, how's your winter? Like, Oh good, dude. I had a brain injury. Go fly. <laughs> I could go at any time. So, so yeah, after I saw you, the jaws comp went on and you had a spectacular wipeout. Let's, let's go straight into it. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's get there. Um, yeah. So I was just coming off. We, we spoke about it a bit last time that I had two hip surgeries repairs and that was like probably six months from first surgery to like feeling confident surfing and started off the winter like okay like feeling pretty good like I was surfing all right and then the jaws contest happened pretty early like it always seems to do and um it was really big and it was pretty glassy and it was really good. And it was, um, I don't know, the best forecast there's probably been for the event yet. And there's so many people like excited to watch me and stuff. Like I was like really feeling the love from everyone. And like, like I feel like I had more people rooting for me than I have like probably a bit cause I was injured for a while and like, they're just like, yeah, like comeback story, <laughs> you know, like here we go. So I was like pretty excited going into the day. And then in the morning, like did way more preparation than I normally do. Like did a full warm up, like did a little bike around my neighborhood in the morning, like, like made sure everything was like, like triple checked, which is kind of like, I swear that's just not how I operate. And I, sh I shouldn't do that stuff. Like, there's, I, I feel a little more comfortable, like winging it a little bit. Um, so you know about the, that. you know about the Olympic, um, you know about the, like this year in the Olympic, um, I forget what team it was, but the American coach purposely had the athletes not oversleep because he wanted them to be like a little bit on edge for the event, like not have that over preparation that you're talking about. Yeah. I swear there's something to that where you just like, you don't. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Well, I did all that and you know, who knows? You never know if it really made a difference or not. Could it all just happen the same way, but um, the waves were just pumping. Like right when I pulled up, I saw that wave that um, Russell Bjork got like blown out of a big barrel. And I just like pulled up into that, like, Oh, it's on. Like, this is my day. This is what I've been waiting for. I'm going to get so fucking barreled every single heat. <laughs> I'm going to smoke everyone. <laughs> like, kind of just like, but like at the same time, like, well, it's pretty big too. Like, this can be scary. And um, I like getting ready and I'm just like, like power psyching, like listen to my heavy music and I like go to zip up my wetsuit and I just break the zipper. Like <laughs> my brand new bowl up suit. I don't have another one. And I just like, so the zipper goes from like my belly button up to my um, top chest. There's a buckle that closes it. And I break like the first two teeth at the belly button. 
So I like, I can push it, pinch it together and zip it up, but there's a little hole at the bottom. And I'm just like, oh my God, if I fall, that's probably gonna blow open. And I'm just like, I like think about that and it instantly sent me into this bad headspace, like, fuck, like what's going on? Like, wh- whatever, I'll just put my like the jersey over it, it'll be fine. And I kind of forgot about it, like went out, got kind of smoked on the rocks, which I never do. And I was just like, oh, shit, like, just like, kind of like, just like this feeling of like, ah, shit's not working for you right now. And I like, was just ignoring it because it was a contest. Like any other day, I'd be like, oh, okay, I need to take it really slow today. So you paddle out from the, you paddle out from the rocks on a contest day? Yeah, I still, I try to paddle out every day just because like, it's this weird head thing for me where it's like, it feels like normal day of surfing, like tricks you into that little bit of calmness. Um. So I did that, and then I got out there and just watching these waves just barrel and blow their guts out. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And um, go out. My heat started, and I had Billy in my heat. And if anyone knows us, we're really competitive, and he he's won that contest like a million times. And he has a lot of people rooting for him, but he also has a lot of people rooting against him. <laughs> and they always want me to beat him, like kind of like, oh, you got to <laughs> finally beat Billy. like. He smoked you three years in a row or four years or whatever it is. Like, you got to get him. So I, I felt that for sure. Like, I'd be lying if I said I, like, didn't notice that Billy was in my heat. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, got, I was like, yeah, I just get a warm up first swell of the year, like, first day. Like, caught one warm up. And I was, like, paddling back out. And I was just like, ah, like, I saw someone get, like, a pretty good wave. I was like, all right, I, it's time to get barreled. Like, I got my one warm up. I'm ready to go. And then saw the wave come in and it had this like weird look to it, but it looked good. And I was like, I saw so many good waves that even though it looked kind of a little off, I was like, nah, like most of the waves are good right now. And I was like, so I started paddling and it was a big one. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like Nathan Florence is next to me. He was just like, yeah, go. And I was like paddling. I kind of like, there's like this moment where you like don't know if you got it or not and you can like power through if you think it's a really good one or just pull back if you're like not sure and i was like not sure but because it was a contest and i just let all that stupid shit go to my head i was like oh like no like paddled through like took a super steep drop and i like was gonna knife it and like try to pull into the barrel and i like took a steep drop i like, could barely i could have like knifed it but i like might have like slid out but would have definitely been the better idea in hindsight. But I remember looking down the way and seeing that it wasn't really going to barrel. And I was just like, Oh no, like, fuck, like, what did I do? And so I was like, okay, I'll straighten out. This thing will land behind me. I'll get pounded, but whatever, like maybe even I'll like sneak around like a bit and like not get too pounded. And I was like straightening out. And like last second I looked up and like just where I was, the wave just came together and shot so far out towards towards shore. And I was just like, I looked up and I just saw the lip like landing like almost in front of me. And I was just like, no way. I was like, no way. Like, did I really just do the absolute worst thing you could possibly do on a big wave? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was like my last thought. I was like, fucking no way. And it hit. And I don't like really know what happened. The first thing, like, I think I almost went out there, but then I bounced really far forward 
And um, I remember thinking that you, you would have seen my body like flying in the whitewater forward. Cause then I fell and I, that's where I like hit the back of my head. And that's when the lights almost went out, like just on the water. And I just went boom. And I was like, Whoa, like came to like, Oh, did I just get knocked out? And then I was like, I pulled my vest. Sure enough, my vest is blown up. The zipper broke, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. Like did, did I just like, did I just get blown out the back? Cause I was like, there was like a calmness for like a couple of seconds. Cause it got launched so far in front. And then right as I thought that I was like, <laughs> and then just got so pounded. And because my vest was open, like it's like a sail underwater, like catching water. So you're just like dragging you like way more. And it was just like the most brutal beating ever. <laughs> of your life? Worst of your life? Yeah. It didn't, it lasted pretty long. It was actually hard to tell how long it lasted. Cause like, I mean, you know how it is when you fall on a big wave, like seconds feel like eternities. <laughs> like you think about so much stuff in the middle. Yeah, you're of like, like, am I really here? I'm not sure. <laughs> that, that was the exact thought. I was like, did I just get blown out the back? Like, what wave did I even fall on? Like, <laughs> and then like felt the wave hit me. But then I came up and when I came up, it was just all white. Like I couldn't see anything. Like my eyes couldn't adjust to the brightness. And I like was like, just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then like, kind of like everything started coming back. And like, right as it was coming back, the guy came to pick me up. I like barely got his hand, like stumbled onto the back of the sled. And then my board was still dragging. I just got scooped right off the back of the sled. And then just took another one on the head. Came up again, same thing, like all white, like the adjusting from closing my eyes to opening them was, was, wasn't working. Like my pupils weren't dilating or whatever, like classic concussion stuff. And, um, second wave got on the sled and was getting dragged and my board was like get going underwater behind me. And I just like bear hugged the, the things on the sled. And I was just like, my leash is breaking. Like, just let my leash break, let my leash break. Cause I don't want to get sucked back off the back again. And then the leash luckily broke and I made it to the channel. And that's when I like started like throwing up and stuff. Um, but I thought like initially when I was throwing up, I was like, Oh, I just like swallowed a little water. Like you do when you fall on a big wave, you know? And um, so I was like coughing up water. It's feeling like shit, but I was just like, oh, I just got pounded. And then I was like, fuck it. Like, like, all right, like, give me my backup board, Kai. Like, my friend Barger and um, Ollie, who is, I always go out there with, were right there. And they gave me my backup board. And I'm, like, still coughing up, like, puking a little bit. And um, one of the guys working safety, who's a buddy of mine, was right there. And I was like, fuck, my vest is broken. He's like, dude, I have, I have a Patagonia vest. Like, if you really want it, like, you can use it right now. And I was like. So I got butt ass naked in the middle of the channel and I was just like, oh, there better not be any cameras on me right now. <laughs> because I just jumped in the water, got butt ass naked. It was just like vomiting, vomiting naked, naked. Off, a off the back of a jet ski. Yeah, I was like, oh, dude, like I'm going to go viral. <laughs> yeah, if there's ever a statue made of you, it's going to be you butt ass naked, vomiting just off the back of a jet in ski. The, in the fetal position on a sled, just bleh. <laughs> We're going to put that statue right out at the cliff at Jaws. 
I would be honored to be remembered that way. <laughs> I'll be there. Fuck it. <laughs> exactly. But I was. I was like, dude, I'm gonna end up on like like bloopers or something. Like this is uh, terrible. It's it's gonna be like a statue of Billy Kemper holding up a huge trophy at Jaws. <laughs> And I'll be there. Just right next to him, throw it up on the ski. Take it off the back of a jet ski. Uh, <laughs> this is my legacy. That's my legacy. <laughs> With a June shine in hand. Yeah, exactly. But so he gave me his he gave me his vest, and I it was like too big, and I didn't have a wetsuit top over it, so I just put it on, put the jersey over it, like tied the jersey all like, just Jimmy rigged it. And then, like, got a ride back out, and, like, I was like, yeah, okay, like, oh, I'm an animal, like, telling myself that, like, ah, like, I even gave, like, a couple, like, ah, on the way out. <laughs> like <laughs> you then, do. <laughs> like you do when you're in those moments. Like you and do. Then I got back out, and then I, I was, like, got dropped off, and I kind of paddled into the pit, and then a set came, and I had to paddle pretty quick, and I paddled really fast to get over the top of one. And I went over, my vision went out all white again, just instantly nauseous and just started throwing up again. I was like, oh, fuck, like I am concussed as I've ever been. And that's when I like knew I was like, okay, like, like, fuck, fuck this event. Like you're, you're done. I was just like, there was like this instant moment where it was like, went from like, ah, like I'm a warrior to like, oh, you're fucking done, dude. <laughs> and then I just, I sat on the side and kind of like, um, just like, Tom Lowe and Nathan were sitting by me and I was just like cheering them into waves and I was just like barely holding it together and kept throwing up. And then that was, that was when I knew it wasn't, wasn't good. <laughs> Did you go to the hospital that day? Um, so now after that, I came home and um, that whole, the whole next week is like a haze of like weird like just a, like hazy memories, but I, I came home, I took like an ice bath, which I felt like helped because my whole, cause like, I mean, besides the concussion, when a big wave hits you, every, every fucking thing else hurts too. <laughs> and my neck was like close to broken. It felt like, so I did that. And I threw up a couple more times at home and then I just had my like mom and my girlfriend like monitor me. Because my mom's an ER nurse and my dad is a paramedic, so they, they're very knowledgeable in all this. So I was, I felt fine being home um, and just did the, you know, wake me up every hour of the night, make sure I wasn't dead. My, my poor, poor Nora. <laughs> this is her first time ever watching me at John. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I, I like, I don't, I take it seriously, like in my heart, but I, I keep it lighthearted. Like, around so i was doing that and like I had, it's gonna be so weird for her when i surf it again like it's gonna be really hard because <laughs> meanwhile felt, i'm sure you're trying to tell her how safe big wave surfing is and how yeah. much safer it is than skateboarding <laughs> meanwhile she's watching you vomit oh yeah wow, no was, there was this like iphone clip of one of my buddies filmed the wave or no she filmed that was the first she filmed my wave and then like Everyone's just like, oh, like when I fall. And then um, she just goes to Dan, who, who I've been filming with forever, like, was that normal? And Dan just kind of looks back like, 
Y yeah. Like you can hear him like stutter a little bit, but like just to calm her down. <laughs> so funny. Whoa. But, um, so but the no, next week was a haze. And then when did you go to see a doctor? So I went to the ER the next day. Um, basically just like, cause my mom's friends with all them too. So it's really nice when I go to the hospital here, cause I get really taken care of. Um, so the guy, the ER doctor was just like, yeah, like concussion hundred percent like obviously and he sent me like or he gave me all these like printouts of um basically do's and don'ts and it was like a timeline like all right so at first basically do nothing like sit in a like don't too much light because going outside like the light was really fucking with me um the going from like a dark room out into the bright room it'd take a while for me to adjust um so he's like once that starts fading like you know like a little bit of tv is fine like just feel if you get a headache and he basically was just like if you can do that for two days with no symptoms then try this if you can do that so on so on so i kind of did that and then um i started like after like a two weeks or so I was like, uh, I went skateboarding to like, just see how I did with like getting my heart rate up. I was, I was going to the gym and just doing very light, like stretching kind of stuff and like rehab and, um, got my heart rate up, felt pretty good. So I was like, Oh, I'll start trying to surf again. Like just mellow Surfed a couple of days, like felt okay. And then like my first day where it was like a little bigger, it was like four foot kind of stormy, very like really strong current. Just me and one other guy out, um, out and Hokipa. No, I was out in Hana. Um, just me and my buddy Mika were out. And I, I caught like a four-footer and like airdropped. And it kind of fell like a similar way, but just on like a four-foot wave. And fell back and hit the back of my head. And I almost got knocked out again. Like probably closer or like like was like pretty much out for a second. I was like underwater and came up and was just like, oh, fuck. Same thing. All white. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like you idiot. Like. Like I felt so fine. Um, like it was so, Oh, I even, I, uh, yeah, I forgot. I surfed jaws before that, like towing. I caught like two waves towing. Cause I like, I went like a couple of days acting close to normal with almost no symptoms. And like looking back after I felt humble, I was like, if I had fallen at jaws, like I would have gone hundred percent unconscious. It would have been up to my friends to save my life. And like that was so so stupid of me to do. You but just yeah, made all waves that day. Yeah, and I like almost poked on one, like, but it was towing, so it was, it was a hell of a lot easier, and it, it wasn't very big, but still, it was the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> so that I, freaked you out, surfing little waves and almost getting knocked out. Yeah, and that day, like the current was so bad. It was just one of us out. Like if I had gone unconscious, like I, that probably would have been it. Like I probably would have died in front of like four of my friends in the middle of freaking nowhere for no reason. Yeah. Cause at least at jaws, there's safety teams looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're expecting something bad to happen in some way, which makes it a little safer. Um, but yeah, to that, and then that was when I was like, all right, I need to see a neurologist. I need to get an MRI in my brain. I need to do like, I need to figure out what the hell's going on. And, um, so 
did that, saw the neurologist here. He, I didn't really like him that much. There's like one or two neurologists on Maui. So <laughs> like it, he wasn't like bad or anything, but I, I just don't think he got like, I was like, oh yeah, like this happened surfing, like blah, blah, blah. Like I've had a few, cause I probably had like six or seven of them surfing that were that bad or like close to that bad. And he's like, oh, like, um, don't surf then. I was like, oh, like. <laughs> oh, you yeah, don't no. get it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but that's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not only is it my job, it's, it's also a large part of my person, personality. Yeah. Um, so you so went, the, do you find someone else? Yeah. So from there, I went to California. I was talking, Sean Dollar was like a huge help through all this because, He's had a ton, big wave surfing. And, um, and and then he had that bad wipeout where he hurt his neck. And he was, I had him on my show back in like episode number five. And he told his story of having a bad wipeout, hurting his neck, and then suffering from severe depression for a while. And he was right in the middle of a bunch of his treatments when he came on my show. But he kind of blew the door open f- around the idea of, um, concussions happening more consistently in big wave surfing than most people think. Yeah, exactly. And he, he was like, it was, there was a, a couple people though. There was a couple other pro surfers that, cause I, I was like publicly talking like, Oh, like I had a concussion. Like it's been really hard, like blah, blah, blah. And, um, by far the coolest part of the whole thing was, and I, I get it now where they were coming from then was like when you hear of someone it happening to someone like like all the doctors help and stuff but there's something about going through it where you're like oh like I need to talk to this person because I know exactly like I I can I can help them like because I know what's happening in their brain and how frustrating it is and there was like so many people that reached out to me like some pro surfers that told me really heavy stories like that I had no idea like that same thing, like hit their head, you know, a week or two of like just haze, like month of like not even any memory and then not knowing how to surf and then like deep depression, like full suicidal thoughts and all this stuff. And it was like, no, I had no fucking idea. Like these big names, I won't let them yet. They can tell their story if they want to, but. What was your conversation with Sean Dollar like? he was just checking on me like every day and he was like, dude, like no matter how bad it gets, like, no, I healed my brain from really bad. And he's like, and I'm stoked. And like, just knowing that like constantly was really nice. Cause after the second, cause I probably got a second concussion in Hana on that little wave. That's when like the um, anxiety and depression started coming. And it was like, um, it was, so at the beginning, it was just like, I, I have these moments where like out of nowhere, I would just like start like tearing up and shit. And I was just like, oh fuck, like what the hell's going on? I go like sit by myself and just start crying. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like it was the wildest shit ever. I was like, you know, I've cried like a handful of times since I like, since high school and like, I remember everyone because it was like a dramatic thing. And I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, this just, like, happens. And then, yeah, like, if, if a couple people were talking in the same room as me, 
I would just like instantly like like want to just make myself small and I just have to leave the room and like get the fuck out of there. And but I tell Sean all these things and he's like, yes, like I know, like I know that's what happens. Like it'll change. This is what you gotta do for now. And it was like it was so so important to have someone to talk to like that. And then he was telling me about different treatments and stuff. Um, but yeah, that kind of continued. And then when I went to California, I was gonna go see the clinic he went to. Um, but yeah, in California is where it started getting bad because it was like four or five months later, or like four months, maybe. I don't know. It was a long time later and I was like expecting to be almost better by then. And it was the same thing. Like I'd go out to dinner with like my, my girlfriend and like a couple of her friends. And if there was like four people at the table, um, I'd, I'd feel myself start falling behind in the conversation, like missing, like where I would normally say something and I notice it and I'd be like, and then I'd get super mad at myself, like irritated and be like, fuck like you idiot like why didn't you say what you were, would normally say and then i'd get like really anxious like shit like why well, is this always gonna be like this is this just who i am now and then like you get really depressed like after dinner I'd, like i had a couple like another breakdowns like with my girlfriend just like fuck like what's wrong with me like like i i don't know how to do this like is this just gonna be how i always am and but it, but talking to guys like sean and stuff there was always like this little voice like that he kept saying, he's just like, dude, you got to acknowledge that this is an in injury and not you. Like this is an injury and it's not you. And that was like something I like repeated to myself over and over and over again when I'd get in those like really shitty head spaces. And it really, really helped. That's great, man. It's so nice. It's, it's so great that you had, someone like that to be able to talk to through those times because even if it's not a head injury even if you hurt your knee or break something it's it's easy to look at those injuries like it's the new you like oh am yeah. i ever going to be able to come back to this but <clears throat> the unique problem with a head injury is that you don't have your clear sharp mind to be able to think rationally about it yeah that's terrifying man yeah and it was like and I also like people who just deal with, you know, everyday depression and anxiety, like if they're able to identify it as like something going wrong, not who they are, like, I don't know, there's something in there, like obviously easier said than done because when you're in that like kind of sh terrible headspace, you can believe anything. Was, was depression new for you? Um, yeah, like... I've went through phases where I felt like I was a lot less happy than I should be considering everything like going on around me and like definitely went through ups and downs where it wasn't, no, it wasn't new. It wasn't like, but it was new. It was a completely new form of it, but it was a familiar feeling of just like, I don't know, like, just like hopeless you know but yeah. it was it was like I never got like there's times in like I, don't know, I was like 19 or 19 or something 20 I remember like I don't know what it was I like lost all my sponsors or something and then just like had some girlfriend drama it's just typical like teenage shit that like spun me out for a little bit where I was like 
felt like the world was ending. Looking back on it now, it's just like, I don't know, it wasn't. But I mean, it's like, I don't know, problems like, yeah. So I understood like that feeling, but it was different to where it, it came out of nowhere and just fucking like full, the whole, like my whole being was like engulfed in this terrible feeling and like it came out of nowhere at times. What were some of the more useful tactics that you um, employed to get through it? Um, you talked so, about you talked about like the mental tactic of recognizing that it's an injury, not who you are. Was there anything else? That was a huge one. I I started. Um, I did the full Sam Harris meditation course, and. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big fan too. Dude, waking up with Sam Harris, it's my jam. It's the best. Yeah, I finished the full 50 days, but that was, it did the same kind of thing that Sean was telling me, like, because, I mean, I'm not going to try and explain it because it's just not a stupid thing, but like the basic <laughs> is like observing that emotions and all these things come and go without you doing anything and like, it was the same kind of mindset of like, all right, like this is happening, but this isn't me as a whole. And it was like kind of taking that step back. So doing the whole minute, like I did that every day and just really typical stuff. Like, like, Oh, like at, you know, a couple of times within the injury, like I got so frustrated with how I felt. I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go out and like party with my friends and you can like drink and feel great for a night. And then, you know, for the four or five days after, it's way worse. And, like, cutting back on that kind of stuff obviously helped. Um, yeah, drinking fucks with you. It fucks with me. Dude, it's, it's so bad. It's just, like, such a, such a temporary little... Yeah. One of my favorite thing. quotes about drinking is, uh, alcohol steals happiness from tomorrow. <laughs> as i'm having a june shine right now <laughs> june shine's great well I, I i stopped drinking beer and switched to uh like hard ciders primarily because i feel like they're they bloat you less yeah yeah the inflammation and everything no i because that was like um what a, a bunch of people told me is to is eat less inflammation stuff but yeah so when i was in cali yeah the last part of the kind of journey was I was going to go to this um, Amen clinics that helped Sean out a ton. And I was planning to do that. But then I met this guy, Fred is his name, who is a friend of Shane Dorian's. I was like randomly talking to Shane one day. And he was like, oh, shit, I totally forgot. Like, I know a brain guy for you. And I was just like, fucking thanks, Shane. Like, <laughs> three months later. <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, I forget shit all the time. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber when Harry and Lloyd are sitting out by the campfire and, and Harry's like, <laughs> he's like, my hands, I can't feel my hands. And Lloyd's like, oh, you can have this extra set of gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. <laughs> exactly. You had extra the whole time? <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Harry! Yeah. Your hands are freezing. <laughs> but I mean, you know, maybe it's Shane's memory from him who's had all those years. So I can't really blame him. But um, so he hooked, me with this, he hooked me up with this guy named Fred who uh, is 
the CEO of this company is just called Brain Treatment Centers. Very basic name. But so I, he treated me for the last like, I think we did like three to four weeks um, before this whole thing hit and I had to go home. Um, but I'm gonna finish my treatment whenever, whenever it lets up. But um, so basically what he did, and he like fucking helped me out so much. Like really like, I probably couldn't afford the treatment if he didn't help me out and all this stuff. And he just, he just like talked to me. He's like, dude, like all I want is to like, like he's just like a problem solver, you know? He's like, I think, I think I can fix this problem. Like, let me try. And which is like really cool. And he's just like the whole team there. Like what's the uh, name of the center again? Brain treatment center. I think it's just braintreatmentcenter.com. And where are they but based? They, um, like Newport. They have an office in San Diego, though, which was where I went, which was, like, awesome. Um, but they, like, specialize mostly in um, – they treat, like, a ton of veterans for, for PTSD, but they also get a bunch of concussions from um, blasts. Like, and it's um, pressure concussions from what – so I'm just, you know, the best I understand, but he was saying that that happens to a lot to surfers as well when they get go too deep and the pressure changes so quick, like that can shake your brain enough to give you a concussion. And so, and they have really good results treating um, veterans. And so they took me in. The first thing they do is they do an EEG of your brain. And I have this like funny photo. It looks like you're a spaceman. They put the stuff on and all this gel and you like sit there with your eyes closed for 10 minutes and like they just map out your brain waves from all the different like frontal lobe back all those sides and kind of figure out your brain and they have one on your heart they figure out like how fast your brain's working and where it's not firing at the same speed as everything else and um so they figured out, and I told him my symptoms. He's like, he's like, dude, I can, I can guess right now. He's like, I, I think your frontal lobe is probably not firing as fast as it's used to because you're getting all the information in. You're not processing it as fast as you used to. And that's what gets, leads you to frustration, which leads you to anxiety, which leads you to depression. It's like what you were talking about at the dinner table, having the information come in, but not be able to say it at the speed that you were. Exactly. And it's just like, those things are just like, and how my like physical therapist here kind of explained it to me. She's like, all these symptoms are a loop. And if you can just take out a chain of that loop, it, it the rest will like unravel if you do it like long enough, you know? And so they did that and then they do electromagnetic therapy. So they put like a giant magnet after they map out my brain, they figured out where it was misfiring. And it was like, it's so crazy because the um the scientist will like has a meeting with you like this and she takes you through your whole brain scan and she tells you like she told me basically guess my personality from looking at these charts and it was like like she really really on point which is like fucking crazy to me like it's like you're oh, you're yeah. very creative some people think you're a dick uh, yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> Yeah, it looks like like she even called that I wasn't filtered. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, you were looking at my Instagram. What were you doing? <laughs> and, but so she did that. And, um, and they figured she said out that you don't lobe. have a filtered personality, really. 
yeah like that kind of stuff like the whole thing i was just like listening to like oh like okay this is trippy like i i believe because like all the treatment in that category is still considered experimental because none of it's been around long enough to be like completely proven all they have is like the stats they have so far and um but so for every day i sat in this chair and they put like this coil and they zap your my frontal lobe for like um five seconds of every minute for 35 minutes every day and it's like it's it's not nothing like it doesn't <laughs> hurt but it's not like it's not fun <laughs> like it's like if you ever put like a blade of grass on a um horse fence you know like electric fence yeah you can feel the zapping but it doesn't hurt it's like that and it's like pretty trippy but like it was, I noticed the difference so much and like, especially with Nora and stuff. Cause I was just irritable, like kind of all the time around her and she, she noticed like how much happier I became. And that's what we were talking about earlier. It was like when the whole world started going to shit, I started feeling great because <laughs> I was in like week two or three of treatment and just like, Oh my God, the world's beautiful again. <laughs> and then right as I was thinking that fucking everyone else was having an anxiety attack. So how often are you doing these kinds of treatments? So I did it um, five days a week for like three weeks and I would have done it for probably another week had, but everywhere had to close down in California. Um, and what's the exact treatment called again? I guess it's electromagnetic therapy, I want to say. I've heard, um, you know who did that is a comedian named Neil Brennan. Have you ever heard of that guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Brennan suffers from depressed, three mics on Netflix. He talks about doing electromagnetic frequency into his brain. uh, And he said that it helped a lot. He also Mm. got ketamine. Yeah. So I talked to um, a guy... Somehow Sal Masakela linked me with this guy who was a stuntman, who who's a stuntman in fucking everything you've ever seen. You've watched him in like every movie. I like looked him up after it's like, oh yeah, like blah blah, thug one, like bad guy two. Like, you know, in every fucking movie. But he had it really bad, but he went to the he did the ketamine treatment. But he told me his whole story and it was like fucking crazy. I never met this guy before. He was just a friend of Sal's. But he he's like um was familiar with surfing and he used to MMA fight. And he's like, it's kind of like, he's like, what it sounds like is like, you're where I was right before I had my really bad concussion. And cause he, I was like, you probably get a lot from big way surfing. Just like we got a lot from MMA fighting that you kind of just shake off. And um, so he told me his whole story and he like, the way he talked about it though, was fucking crazy. Cause he's like, yeah, like I got to this point where I was like, Oh, like, I should probably just kill myself. Like I'm not who I am anymore. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to kill myself in February. And she's like talking <laughs> about it. Like super matter of fact. He's like, he's like, I, I don't know why I picked February, but I, I put it like, on yeah. Google calendar. There's an event reminder, 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. February 6th. <laughs> and he's talking about it like that. He's like, and then like someone told me about this place that they do all this ketamine treatment and stuff. And he's like, and I looked it up and it was like 40 grand for a week. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to pay 40 grand. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. I won't need 40 grand. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is literally how he's telling me the story. And um, 
And he's like, yeah, and I went there. He's like, I wasn't cured by any means, but I left there wanting to live and wanting to keep improving. But I, I still talked to him quite a bit. And like, it was nuts. He's like the biggest, scariest looking dude ever. And he was like, we both like teared up and started like crying on the phone. Cause it was like right in the middle of my whole thing. And I was like telling him my symptoms. And he's just like, Oh dude, like I feel for you. I was just like, fuck dude. Like he, he's so awesome. And like, I don't know. It was just trippy to hear like his story. And he's just like, if you look him up, dude, he's the most badass motherfucker ever. What's this guy's name? Tate Fletcher. Okay. I know. I've heard of that guy. He's a badass. Wow. And he's just, yeah. I mean, he's still, like, I talked to him, he's still battling it for sure. But, um, yeah, he's been through the ringer on it. And it's just like, but he, like, such a rad dude just to, like, never have met me and just take the time to talk to me, like, like I'd known him my whole life, you know, like, and he's just like, dude, anytime you need to talk. And I was just like, and we've talked about it quite a bit since. It's great that you had your girlfriend, Nora, to keep tabs on you through this process. Because as you said, she could actually notice where you were on that spectrum of depression and happiness in a way that um, would be more difficult for yourself to keep an eye on. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to like, yeah, just observe yourself in any, any kind of way. It's just hard to do. Man, you guys have been dating for like a year now and you've been going through some uh some big stuff. That's it. It's just has it we've our relationship's been great, but it's been littered with fucking crazy events, it feels like Yeah. A head injury straight into a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. Wow, Jeez, man. Lockdown. So what's what's your game plan now in regards to the head injury? You're I'm guessing going to continue doing the, um, the brain treatment as soon as you can continue to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, when I go back to San Diego, I'll probably finish it. Like I'll probably lose some of the progress we made because I didn't finish like the whole thing, but I, I won't lose everything. And then I can just start back up, you know, pretty close to the end. Okay. And what's your, do you have any kind of set um, ways of thinking around big wave surfing moving forward? I want to surf big waves again. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun, dude. (laughs) I was just wishing like there was just a random late jaws swell right now because no one could fucking get here. Imagine that. I would get to surf jaws alone again with like Ian and Kai. but yeah that's that's wishful thinking at this point um oh that's the other thing though is i want i've been trying to work on a helmet with a couple people so so are you surfing right now what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on a helmet and big waves because it's almost not doable what do you what do you think um well i think you'll definitely get less waves if you wear a helmet (laughs) (laughs) okay but imagine there'll definitely be some sort of nickname that sticks um those are the two that i know for sure um but i think that it's smart i know some people that wear helmets out at mavericks my only um potential concern with it is that it's a little bit like a bucket on your head so it could potentially um break your neck break your neck yeah Yeah. i've no i would have broke my neck if i had the current helmet on right so imagine this you have like a long sleeve rash guard that you put under your wetsuit 
that comes up into a wetsuit hood and the wetsuit hood has the foam just surrounding like it's just like a hooded wetsuit with like just a little bit extra of like kind of hard shock absorbent foam and then yeah. it wouldn't look that dorky and it'd still give you like it wouldn't make a huge difference but even if it gives you like 10 percent less Dude, of a chance of getting knocked out i bet wearing a 5-4 hooded wetsuit in cold water big waves helps a little bit yeah exactly but like you could take that a step further because i i mean you watched did you watch alex botella's thing yeah i mean that was fucked and that was like right after i was like dude we need to make helmets and surfing and then i watched that and i was just like oh fuck we need to make helmets and surfing <laughs> so what are you working on so i basically um i don't know if i'm even supposed to talk about it because i like developing it and shit i think but i mean I'll, I'll talk about it um but i think there needs to be two like one like kind of like that where it's like a soft shell for big waves because then if you had the right foam and whether it was a hood or like a strapped in helmet, but I think making it into like a wetsuit hood would be the best way. That would just like help a little bit when you hit even the water or especially if you hit the board or like in Alex's case where you hit the jet ski, like maybe it would have like, he wouldn't have been out the whole time. Like maybe he would have woke up after 10 seconds being knocked out, that kind of difference, but that can like change everything. So I think you need one like big wave one that'll take like a lot of research before it's like ready. But I also want one for me just doing airs and shit. Cause like last year I broke my nose trying an air like a week after I'm pretty sure I got a concussion at Jaws. And I was like, that was unnecessary. Like I didn't, like the one at Jaws, like you, you might not be able to avoid, but hitting your board, like I, I want a helmet for airs. And like same one you'd wear for airs, you'd probably wear in shallow slabs and stuff like that too. But I, if you could just make one that was cool, cool enough. Are you wearing a gaff helmet right now? I'm wearing a gaff, but that's all there is. And I like, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, they haven't tried to change theirs in years. So are, are you working with this team and are you open to other feedback? If there's anyone listening who say has, you know, developed a helmet in another sport, it seems like there are these different sports and some are way further along than others in regards to the kinds of helmets that they use. Um, yeah. Like skateboarders have their standard helmet, which is way different than what football players are using. And no, surfers I, are behind all of that because we've had the same gaff helmet since 1982. Yeah, because no one really needs them. But now it's like, but I was thinking like with all the wave pools popping up, that would be the way for there to be like a market for them. Because like I bet eventually like they might make beginners use helmets after a couple of people go pile driving into the concrete. Bro, have you ever been out to like a beginner surf spot? It's the most dangerous thing ever. Yeah, exactly. Like, like first, second week people out on 10-foot catapults, everyone should be wearing helmets out there. Yeah, especially when that starts happening in wave pools, like, and there's just, you're over like a foot of concrete, it's pretty freaking easy. Like, I've hit my head at Waco already, and I was like, fuck, that was scary. Like, it wasn't you, bad, but could have been way worse. You hit your your head on the bottom on the concrete. Yeah, Waco, like trying yeah. in air. Sketchy. Oh, yeah. It's sketch. And... I was like, and maybe they'll, I, yeah, I don't know how it'll really adapt. Like I'm sure most people will be like, like I can see all the, you know, 
cool air guys never wanting to do it. Nora's Nora's walking around here. Hi Nora. <laughs> Say hi uh, Kyle. Hi Kyle. How are you? Hi doing? Nora, how are you doing? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can't me. hear. You can't hear me. Oh good, sorry. Not trying to interrupt. Just... You guys are quarantined. Yeah, um well I'm happy to hear that you're says... doing better. Are are you doing any kind of dietary supplementation? I've heard that different kinds of mushrooms can help and I've heard that C B D in certain cases can help uh decrease inflammation. Are you messing around with any of that? Um I'm messing around with a little bit of all of it, I think. I've been doing the fish oils, I got I'm still ride for a CBD company. I've been freaking doing CBD like almost every day. Um, and trying, I'm kind of lucky that Nora is gluten-free. <laughs> like she has like a gluten allergy. So I haven't been eating gluten that much, which I think is really nice, even though it's annoying as fuck to not eat gluten-free. <laughs> like, it's so good. Eating gluten-free isn't annoying. It's just annoying saying you're gluten-free. It's annoying, dude. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> dude, you're a gluten-free, helmet-wearing surfer now. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know this. I know this. Albie, this isn't you. This is your injury. <laughs> I know. Being gluten-free is an injury and you will get over it. I want you to know that as a former gluten-free <laughs> person, it's not forever. This isn't who you are. Are you gluten-free? Do you have no. diet stuff you do? Uh, I have cleaned up my diet a ton. Um, since the coronavirus, I've committed to a year of no drinking. Um, because it always affects my immune system. Yeah. I would always get drunk and then I would wind up with a cough a couple days later. Um, so I've committed to a year of no drinking and, uh, I also take CBD before I go to sleep. I think that it helps me, um, just like wind down, having some kind of wind down schedule, um, was huge. And, um, another big one that I got, you might dig this if you still have an eye sensitivity is, um, I use these blue light blocking glasses. I got those. They're so yeah. sick. Yeah. The ones that I use are called gunner glasses and they make me look smart. Um, so Same. I can say way more fucked up offensive shit and people don't get offended because they think I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm on this. Me and Nora got them right after. Cause that was like one of the big things with the brain treatment center I was going to, they were like getting your circadian rhythm in, in like a good, good rhythm. And they're like, get, um, their suggestion was like before like 11 a.m., basically before noon, get like at minimum 30 minutes of blue light, like natural blue light outside, but like hopefully more like an hour. And then once it's dark, like throw on those shades and don't get any more blue light because then your melatonin releases in the evening instead of like, because when you look at blue light, it suppresses the melatonin that your brain's making, right? I mean, you probably know. Yeah. Just... Yeah, so going out in the morning and, and looking at a spectrum of light helps your body wake up. And then one reason why we have a ton of uh, trouble sleeping at night is because all of the lights that we use in our house have blue oh, yeah. light, which are a similar temperature to the sunlight as far as um, like the range of colors. Um, so turning all the lights down low and wearing those glasses helps a ton. I, yeah. I wasn't turned on to any of this stuff until a year ago. Actually, like a year ago today, I went out to Maui on a deer hunting trip. Um, do you know who Jake Muse is, by chance? He, he runs 
Maui Nui venison. Um, yeah. And I did a, I a, hunt, a deer hunting trip with uh, Healy and uh, a bunch of podcasters who are like human optimization podcasters. Um, one guy's named Peter Atia, Ben Greenfield. And, Was that uh, the one you did the podcast? Yeah, I did a podcast with like yeah, Healy yeah, yeah. and Chris Ryan and Kyle Kingsbury and all these guys. Bro, these guys are militant about their human optimization stuff. It's crazy. Before, like as soon as it would get dark out, they would throw on their blue light blocking glasses. Um, they would all sleep with, I mean, this isn't super optimized, but it, I started doing it. It helps a lot is wearing an eye mask and earplugs when you go to sleep so you're not like so that you can actually go through that whole sleep cycle. Um, yeah. And one thing I got from them that's pretty cool is I still wear it is uh it's called an aura ring and it's a ring that measure that it, that connects to your phone and it measures your heart rate and your body temperature and it can tell you your various sleep cycles. So throughout the night it'll tell you how much REM sleep you got, how much deep sleep and um that was one of the things that led to me quitting drinking was because I just noticed how much drinking fucked with my sleep. Oh, yeah. Once you drink, you don't. Yeah, your sleep's terrible. No, yeah. that's so I'd be down for that ring. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was like the thing when you're sitting there and you have the coil on and they're um, zapping your lobe. You're looking at they have these posters everywhere of just like the circadian rhythm and how they suggest to make it better. So I like read every freaking word of it because you can't move your face for 35 minutes. So I was just staring at it. Um, but that was like the big thing they pushed. And I, I think that along with the treatment has helped a ton. But because mm -hmm. I came home, and I kind of like forgot about my blue light glasses, like kind of like forgot about it. And I felt like like after like a day or two, I started getting my headaches again and feeling like a little weird. And I was like, snap back into it and feel like they've gone away since then. Nice. Um, have you been thinking, uh, I mean, maybe you've been thinking about this a lot since, uh, your head injury, but I feel like everyone's thinking about this more and more with the coronavirus. It's kind of like the way I've, I've been, um, describing it is like, it's like a global psychedelic trip where all of a sudden everyone's like sense of certainty is shattered and their ego and their little skull sized kingdoms are just broken apart. And everyone realizes that we could all die at any time. And it's like forcing a lot of us to reflect on our values and what we really want to do in our life. Um, and I, I know that I've been like taking inventory of like all the things that I find important in life and what I want to do moving forward. Have you had any of those kinds of experiences or like clarifying thoughts about how you want to be spending your energy moving forward? Yeah, I think so. But I, I honestly think, like, I don't know if you'd call it lucky, but I feel like, like all the years I've spent surfing big waves, like I've had a couple times where I got pretty close. Like, who knows really how close you get to dying sometimes. But, like, I've done enough of that where I felt like I've gotten pretty close to dying where I've it's forced me to look at that shit before this all happened. So like for me, it's just like, I feel like I, I was a little ahead of the curve like on certain things. Like, especially like, I don't know if you saw the video of um, like, uh, I think it was last year, last winter where I got like washed into the rocks and shit. 
Yeah, that wasn't at Jaws, though. That was at a different spot, right? Yeah, a different spot. And like, that was crazy because you're just in trunks and you're like standing on dry reef and you had like a 10 foot wave coming at you. Yeah. And like, I ended up like totally fine. But like, I, I watched that footage a bunch and I was like, and there was like one or two points in that. And like the stupidest shit was I, I went to like a concert the night before and was like kind of hungover. And I like, after that, I like looked at the footage and I was like, like what happened to me to where I was like completely fine. It was like a one in 100 chance. And like, you know, most of the time I would end up hospitalized and there was like a better chance. I think like from what I know of all the times I've surfed and ever, like I always try to break things down into numbers. Like I, don't, I guess that's just how my brain works. But I was just like, I had a better chance of dying than I did of being completely fine in that situation. Like I bet my life on it. And like, there's been a couple little moments like that where you do like the next couple of days, you're like, oh, like fuck, like could have just died. Like, ah, what would I like? What should I have done? Like different if I died. <laughs> yeah. So you have those little moments of like reflection. And I feel like, like, cause now everyone's going through that. Like, oh, like, what do I really need? that's like the biggest thing is like, what do I really need? And what are things I just want? I saw you post something on Instagram about that. Like one thing we're all learning about is the difference between want and need. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm doing the same thing. Like, like, yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, it's hard to really break down exactly the difference. Cause like, Cause I've been thinking like, do I need to surf? And it's like, fuck, I kind of do. <laughs> like, or I need something like that. Cause otherwise I'll just spin out of control and probably cause harm to like people around me. Yeah. So yeah. Like, well, well, you need intensity. Yeah. To not, not go crazy and focus your attention for that one little moment that makes sense. Um, like in the, you know, in Neil Brennan's, uh, um, special and th- on three mics at the very end, he's going through his emotional stuff part, and he says sometimes it feels like the world's um, like a, f- a tank, and it's just filling up with water. And then every once in a while, I can tell a joke, and it's like an air bubble that yeah gives me a little bit of breath to keep going. And for a second, I beat life. I feel like. Um, a lot of us have those things that are like air bubbles that keep us going um, and make the world make sense just for a little while. And for you, it sounds like that's surfing. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, I mean, it could be biking and stuff. Like it's all like surfing is definitely the best one or, or skateboarding. Like me, me and Nora just tried to skate today, like at um, a closed park that's like out of the way and there's no one there, but we still got kicked out. And I was just like, like starting to feel for her. Cause she, all the skate parks are closed and they're all being regulated now. Um, and that's just so hard. Cause it's like, like it's so, how would you explain to someone like to a cop? Like, no, like this is a necessity for me, <laughs> but it's like, then do I really deserve to have this necessity and no one else gets it? Like, no. So it's like, it's so weird to like, everyone's figuring out this, like what actually really matters. And I mean, obviously this whole thing sucks, but I honestly think the, the outcome is going to be, there's going to have huge, huge positive, like underlying positive things that come from this. And that's one of them is like, do I really need that? Or is it something I just like kind of want? Yeah. Um, have you noticed 
the lineups change at all and the way that people are treating each other? Like surfing? Surfing, no. yeah. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, in California, maybe, but no. Because like where, where I live in Encinita is like, I, I feel like everyone was going, no, 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 until they got quarantined, like, completely. <laughs> well, because everyone. not distracting yourself is so intense right now because you're feeling oh, yeah. the weight of uh, your own mortality. You know, if you really let the if you let the reality of this sink in. So it's way easier than not to just distract yourself on your little phone. I mean, we all had problems with our phones before, but now it's like the ultimate distraction because if you don't have that, all of a sudden you're like blown oh, yeah. apart. Well, you know? it's, it's crazy. Like, um, it's weird too though. Cause I feel like, like I, I honestly like, like again, I feel really lucky that I've had a couple like near death experiences. <laughs> Cause like I feel like I can watch the news longer than anyone else like around me, without like getting into that doom and gloom. I'm just like, all right, this is reality now, and like I'm like okay with it. Like to some extent, like obviously it, it's not great, but we yeah we um we just did speaking of the phone thing. Funny little side story. We we just went um camping because there was a swell so me my girlfriend barger and his girlfriend just four of us so we've we've been they picked us up from the airport so we just decided if one of us is getting sick we're all getting sick <laughs> group of four it's not that all bad. for one and one for all <laughs> yeah you know we're we'll, we'll quarantine if any one of us gets sick um but we went on a camping trip to go surf and it's like a an hour drive off road like you have to have a lifted truck middle of nowhere or it's like an hour and a half hike from some beach really far away and um went down there surf kind of sucked but we we just all we don't really have service down there it kind of comes in and out but we all just turn our phones in airplane mode and we're like we're gonna spend two days like away from all this shit which is like a really good thing to do and it's like i feel really lucky that i can do this and i know almost no one else around can like i'm super lucky to be able to do it but we did that. And I don't know if you saw, but there was almost a fucking tsunami. <laughs> and we were all camping with our phones off right next to the beach with like the road you can go like five miles an hour on if you're lucky. Cause it's like super gnarly four wheel drive the whole way. And like, we had no idea that even happened. It was so crazy. And we like, we get up like a day and a, you know, whatever we stayed like a whole day, a night, and like half a day and we get back up in the evening and we just turn our phones on and Kai just starts reading his phone. He's like, you guys get the fuck out of there. Tsunami warning from Japan. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, dude, look, we all got the text and we all look at our phones. Like what the fuck happened? And my dad, I guess Matt, Matt Miola was the one who was like texting us and he started driving to like, go down the road because he figured he had an hour to come get us and drive and tell us and drive back out. And then he called my dad and my dad had just walked out to like have a beer with us for sunset, like hike to the hour hike. And my dad was like turned around driving and was like rushing back to like run out there in the middle of the night, like over these lava rocks to like tell us to get the fuck out of there. And then like right as he started hiking, they, they canceled the warning. And so they came back, but we were completely oblivious. That's so funny. <laughs> How are you doing on supplies out there? Is everything uh, 
still in the stores or are you guys sold out of stuff? Um, it's, there's no toilet paper. No toilet paper. Yeah. There's, um, it's so like, when have you ever run out of toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I was about to beat off, <laughs> like turn on porn. I have my little thing of toilet paper. And then right then my buddy calls me. He's like, Hey, I'm coming over. Let's go surf. I'm like, how far away are you? He's like, Oh, I'm like two minutes away. It's like, fuck. It's like, Stop beating off. Um, and then I have this like wad of toilet paper right next to my computer. But I'm like, okay, so this is kind of awkward, but like, fuck, I can't throw this toilet paper away. <laughs> so now I like, have this wad of toilet paper like still hidden in my room for later because I'm Just trying to be frugal about it. it. <laughs> That's good, dude. That's good you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, still got still there. I still got it dude hey i'm an environmentalist through and through what can i say i know <laughs> i'm doing it for mother earth yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of which final thought on porn have you seen um the Pornhub video the world's dirtiest porn no. have i told you about I this i no i haven't i don't use Pornhub. Oh, come on. It's a video of two people having sex on a beach, and there's all these people in hazmat suits cleaning up trash around them. It's like the dirtiest beach ever. And they're banging. And by the end of the video, all of the hazmat suit people have made the beach totally clean. At the end of it, Pornhub says, for every view on this video, we'll donate a dollar to cleaning up plastic on beaches around the world. That's amazing. It, and, the, and the video I'm has switch like back to Pornhub. Million. Yeah. I was on UJIS. <laughs> That's got to step up Pornhub. These guys are humanitarians. Did you hear that? They gave a, a free month of premium uh, porn to everyone in Italy. Yeah. I heard that too. That's freaking hilarious. I saw a graph of like coronavirus exponential growth and Pornhub exponential growth right on the same line. Just going up together. <laughs> no, I know all the little things like that. Like, what was the, I saw a funny one where it was like, because they're all claiming there's going to be like a baby boom generation because everyone's stuck at home banging. Um, what was it? They're going to call them quarantines once they hit 13. The quarantines, like instead of O'Neill. Everyone is being faced by their two deepest biological desires in conflict. Our, our desire to breed and our desire not to die. Yeah. Like everyone's single on Tinder is like, damn, I'd hit that, but I might die. <laughs> yeah, no, that was what I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if the dating apps are doing way better or worse. Like, I wonder if people are just like, fuck it. <laughs> or like, you know, because. It's like we're all in yeah. the AIDS epidemic now. I know. It's pretty <laughs> nuts. But all you have to do is make it out or just touch something. <laughs> yeah. Cam girls are doing real well. I know. Good old cam girls. Good for them. Albie Lair, we've been going for a little while. Any final thoughts of wisdom? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Stay safe. Stay That's inside, what I love about you. <laughs> you are my favorite surfer to podcast with. If I told you that. 
Thank you. I feel like I talked so much that one. This was good. No, you had to get some stuff off of your chest. Oh, I had to tell the story. That's why. Yeah, I guess that so. was a good story. I appreciate you sharing I'm sorry it. Sorry, talk my... so much. No, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing it on my platform. I'm honored. Yeah, maybe they'll forget. Maybe people will forget about being locked inside, and they'll think about head injuries for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, something to, for them to take their mind off the pain. Yeah. Um, well, when this is all over, I'm going to come out to Maui. Um, I want to go surf and do a hunt and we'll do another one in person. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hunt during this quarantine because I want to stop going to the store and get my own meat. So I'm going to be ready to go hunt with you when you get out here. Dude, you live on an island with some of the best hunting in the world. I know. I've never had a desire to do it, but now that I like really want meat without going to the store, I really want to go hunt. Get on it, dude. Yeah. Hit up Jake Muse. He's the man. Yeah, well, I'm sure Matt, Matt's got the ends with all those guys. I'm sure. Albie Lair, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kyle. Stay safe, stay healthy. Keep, keep doing podcasts while, while we're all sitting at home, dude. That's our show. If you enjoyed that episode and you want to hear from more professional surfers, you might enjoy episode number 178 with Jordy Smith, episode 158 with Mark Healy, episode number 66 with Mick Fanning, or if you want to hear more from Albie, check out episode 96. That episode 96 with Albie Lair is one of my all-time favorites. Um, and if you can, if you want to find those episodes, you can head over to my website, kyle.surf, scroll down, and they're all in the featured episodes tab. Um, kyle.surf is also where you can sign up for my newsletter. I send a newsletter out about once a week. I've been focusing on my writing a lot recently, and I send out a short story um, that will hopefully put a smile on your face about once a week. So if you want that, head over to kyle.surf. Don't forget to send me voice memos. Uh, try and keep them under a minute. Just let me know who you are, where you're listening from, and email it to info at kyle.surf. Thank you to everyone who donates this podcast on Patreon, and thank you to everyone who gives it a rating on iTunes. takes about 30 seconds. Give it a few stars, write something nice, and it helps me get other guests on the show. So uh, even if you can't donate to this podcast, just keep enjoying it. And um, if you want to give it a rating, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you also to Santa Cruz Medicinals for sponsoring each and every one of these podcasts. If you want to get some CBD in your life, head over to scmedicinals.com. At checkout, type in the code name KYLE10 and get 10% off. Um, That's it for now. I hope you enjoy this song by listener Kyle Puckaber. This is a hilarious song that he uh, he sent to me called The Corporatocracy Hoedown. Until next time, my friends... Stay safe, read lots of books, and make yourself some beef tacos. See you soon. A corporation, no, it has no soul. It don't get sick, no, it don't grow old. It only wants all the gold, and our government has been sold. Somehow the Supreme Court forgot that people are humans, corporations are not. Fight the good fight with all you got so you can get care should you get a blood clot. Citizens United and Hobby Lobby will fight for their humanity. All against you and me and our government has been sold. 
corporation, no, it has no soul. It don't get sick, no, it don't grow old. It only wants all the gold, and our government has been sold. Unless we amend our constitution, the environment sees pollution. Elections are prostitution, but there's a surefire solution. It's called Amendment 28. It's for we the people to have our say. Not to be drowned out by election dollars. We have a voice, let's let it holler. Yee-hoo! Corporation, no, it has no soul. It don't get sick, no, it don't grow old. It only wants all the gold, and our government has been sold.